0: If you know me at all, you know that I do not like squirrels. <clears throat> it's not only that I don't like them, I hate them. If I am in my kitchen enjoying a nice cup of coffee and see a squirrel on my patio, or in my garden, I am told that I quickly morph into a mad woman. <laughs> I've been known to jump up and pound on the windows. I might open the door and start hissing. I've been seen throwing things, small things, at these rodents, I may stomp and clap and shout until it scurries across the street. Squirrels always seem to be busy tormenting me, digging in my newly planted pots, running across the street to see if the bird feeder at my neighbor's might have better seeds than mine, burying treasures, or the newly planted bulbs, in my lawn, gnawing small branches from trees, creating a carpet of branches on my driveway, and sometimes collecting those branches to build a nest, but most of the time just leaving them there. And the worst of it all, climbing my tomato vines to pluck off a slightly pink tomato, only to decide, after a few bites, that just like last week, they still don't like tomatoes. (laughs) They are always Stirring and digging and stealing and storing and gnawing and eating and building. That's why every once in a while, when I see a squirrel splayed out on a limb, like the one you see on the front cover of your bulletin, I want to ask, does your mother know what you're doing right now? I mean, can you rest and still be respected in the squirrel world? Or are there just a few lazy squirrels, true misfits, that are not interested in the activities of the typical day in the life of a squirrel? Perhaps the equivalent of a black sheep of a squirrel family. But I learned something about squirrels this week. Last week we began our fall sermon series entitled Flourish, Nine Keys to Practicing Our Faith. It's inspired by a study conducted by Harvard University called the Human Flourishing Project. Researchers investigated the impact of faith community attending worship and participating in groups that engage in spiritual practices, they investigated the impact being a part of a community can have on one's ability to navigate mental health issues, depression, and addiction. They discovered that when we choose to align our lives with a religious community, we significantly improve our ability to flourish. So over the coming weeks, we will reflect on special, specific practices embraced by faith communities such as ours. In other words, this fall, we will explore how we can flourish. We began last week with the words of Paul, which interestingly were also the theme of our summer mission trip. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mark talked about the retirement announcement of Andrew Luck, the talented, rising 29-year-old quarterback for the Colts. And we considered ways in which we might conform to people, jobs, habits that nudge us towards harm or pain or simply don't have our best interests in mind. And then Mark proposed an early Christian concept called the rule of faith in which practices These are practices to which we align our lives so that we can be renewed and transformed in the life of Christ. He asks us what might need to be retired in our lives that we might experience new life in Christ. Today we look at the study of faith. I'd like to propose that we start by seeing ourselves in the audience as Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. There were mothers and fathers of infants and small children and teenagers and adult children. There were those who were starting new jobs and those who had just retired. There were those who thought They had stockpiled enough to weather the impending trade wars with neighboring Lebanon and those who were worried that they might be financially wiped out if all came to pass. There were those who were falling in love. There were those who were falling out of love. There were those who had just upgraded to the next size fishing boat and those who had decided to make the old boat last one more year. There were those who were feeling good for the first time in a year and those who had just received a diagnosis that would keep them closer to home. In other words, that crowd was not so different than those of us gathered here this morning. And into this mix of life, Jesus offers these words. Therefore, I tell you, do not be worried about your life. Did you know that according to a recent study by the American Psychiatric Association, almost 40% of Americans are more anxious than they were last year at this time. And another 39% said that they were equally as anxious as they were last year, while only 19% say they're less anxious this year than last year. And according to that same poll, over 65% of us worry about keeping our families safe, staying healthy, paying bills. Just over 50% of us worry about politics and our relationships. And into that crowd, Jesus speaks these words, Therefore, do not worry About your life. Look at the birds of the air. They do not reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you of more value than they? At first, these words of Jesus, as lovely as they are, are not so compelling. It's possible that birds don't worry about life, but their child-raising window is about two weeks long. They don't have mortgages. They don't worry about grocery bills or tuition payments. They don't stay up at night. I don't think so. I'm sure all of us would like to be relieved from the worry and anxiety. But is Jesus suggesting an unrealistic strategy? Look at the birds. Look at my bills. Tom Long, my preaching professor in seminary, points out that Jesus is not suggesting that human lives are like birds. His words actually point to how different we are from birds, and instead Long asks us to look into a deeper meaning for the Greek verb look out. It's called a strong verb in the Greek grammar, which suggests that it's more than a casual glance to look at the birds, but it's more of an invitation to study, to observe, to scrutinize the ways of nature. I know now that the squirrel on the front page of our bulletin is feeling no shame. It is not a misfit, or the black sheep, or the black squirrel. Biologists from Oberlin College have recently discovered that these Switchy, resourceful rodents are exquisitely attuned to the world around them. Now, of course, I already know that because I know that they watch when I plant my bulbs. And I know that they are studying the right moment for my tomatoes to ripen. But apparently there's more to this study. While they are scurrying and gnawing and building and bearing, they are listening to, of all things, the chatter of birds around them. Now, I've never thought about what birds chirp all day, but researchers seem to think that they send multiple announcements of surrounding threats. There's a hawk circling. There's a car coming down the road. The wind is picking up speed. Squirrels, it has been discovered, eavesdrop on these news flashes and know when they need to prepare and to be vigilant. However, the chatter of birds changes tone when there are no threats or anything worthy of reporting. Communicating to what researchers refer to the sound of no danger. And that is when squirrels can be found relaxing like the one on our bulletin cover. Biologists suspect that this public information network, a system of alerts as well as sounds of no danger, is not just between birds and squirrels, but it's widespread throughout all of nature. Of course, news updates are important and often life-saving, but in our world drenched with stress and worry, what would it be like to hear the sound of no danger? What do we need to look to, or study, or consider, in order to hear this sound? One of our practices in our community is the study of faith. Today marks the beginning of a new year of Bible beginnings, Bible Alive, and Bridge Sunday School. As you saw, our first graders received their own study Bibles. Tonight, Elevate, our youth programs, will begin a year together. This coming week, seven different Bible studies will launch a new year together at Mayflower. And for the record, the high school group that meets at 6.30 on Tuesday mornings decided they couldn't wait this long, and they started two weeks ago. this fall as we explore the practices that allow us to flourish in a world that is all too often saturated with worry and anxiety. We invite you into places where you can hear the sound of no danger. Today we recognize those places when we take time For the study of faith. Places where we discover once again that the world cannot offer what God so graciously extends. A sense of dignity and worth. The confidence of being created and treasured. Places where we embrace the gift of scripture and let it be a light to our paths. Places where we let God's word dwell within us, filling us with wisdom and gratitude. And so this fall, we invite you to set aside busyness and to be released from the tyranny of worry, to hear the sounds of no danger as we flourish in the study of our faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.